You have nothing to do with the skill, Bayless. As I was saying, Joy Taylor, every dog has a day, and since I'm a big dog, I've got two days. Okay. So now, yeah, I'm a dog. Okay. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Better Than Nothing, episode 12 of season one. I am Jack, uh, who will be the moderator of this session. With me, I got Andrew. Andrew, welcome back to the pod, as always. Hey, glad to be here. Fantastic. And along with us is Xavier. What's going on, man? What's up, everybody? Glad to be back, man. Let's get into it. Perfect. Just before I get into it, as always, we just got to read our quick disclaimer. Um, We are not in any way, shape, or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is speculation and opinion. Check your individual state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are in your specific state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, please call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. Their info will also be in our show notes. And as always, lines are taken from BetMGM as per November 2nd, 2022. Guys, what is going on? We got a great podcast ahead of us. Some NFL takes, some reactions, some fun bets. College football, a real bread and butter with our expert analyst, Andrew, on the pod. <laughs> talking some uh, some future bets as well. Maybe a quick little NBA update. I know there's been a little bit of chaos there in the uh, past couple days. And then Xavier with some NHL stuff. And then, as always, the degenerate parlay. So, guys, kicking it off, week seven of the NFL. Xavier, kick us off, man. What are your just kind of initial thoughts? We'll go We'll go into more poignant reactions, but just thoughts on this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we're about the midway point of the season. Things are starting to settle out a little bit. Um, obviously, with, uh, you know, the trade deadline and everything going on yesterday, we had a lot, lot of activity. Uh, the Falcons, they made a lot of plays. Uh, but what I really want to touch on real quick is just the Miami Dolphins and honestly how, in my opinion, they pulled off just one of the biggest fleeces of all time in the NFL, um, dating back wow. to the Trey Lance trade. Um, and I do have just a, a couple of quick notes on that. Um, oh, yeah, so, please elaborate. I know I know there's some other uh, free agency news we need to get into, but yeah, explain on the uh, the Miami front. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So Miami back in 2021, they were able to trade the third or excuse me, they traded with San Francisco, a third overall pick for a 12th in the 2021 draft that eventually turned into Jalen Waddle, a, a 2022 first round pick that the Dolphins ended up trading for Tyree kill and a 2023 first round pick that the Dolphins just traded for linebacker Bradley Chubb as of yesterday. Oh, um, my gosh. Wild. <laughs> the what ROI the oh. ROI on this trade is ridiculous. Um, you know, I know we, we really weren't, you know, a lot, I mean, we were alive, but we weren't around to really see the, uh, the live impacts. But, man, dating back to – I can't think of anything that is even kind of similar to this um, – unless you go back to the nineties and, and the big Herschel Walker trade that led to the, uh, the uh, haul that the Cowboys eventually got, which, you know, turned into a, a few Super Bowls. So uh, Andrew, I see you, you got, you got something to say on well, that. So I, 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 think, <laughs> I think, well, I think you're forgetting just one um, more recent, but the uh, RG three Rams uh, Rams giving away that number two pick 
for okay. basically like six firsts. And they ended up okay. basically um, – or no. Sorry. Yeah. No, that trade ended up turning into like the Rams Super Bowl team basically. I, I don't know got if they directly got Aaron Donald out of it. But like got it. they had enough pieces to where like they were just kind of wheeling and dealing. And meanwhile, the commanders or Redskins at the time, <laughs> um, they uh, had uh, RG3 toward ACL, uh, end of career. And it kind of put them in a hole that they haven't really recovered from since. Um, no, you're reminiscent of that. <laughs> no, you're you're ab- no, you're absolutely right. And, and and you know, thank you for correcting me there. I, I in all honesty, I I think just maybe the magnitude is what led me back to, and obviously the Cowboys tie is what led me back to Herschel Walker. But no, man, you're I mean, you're you're spot on. I mean, to the ROI on on this trade is just through the roof to me um this is this is prime uh management organizational management gm all that good stuff yeah man miami fleeced and uh case closed on that one i love it i love it so so i want to pose a question to the group so aaron uh andrew i know you're a big aaron Rodgers fan so i i I think it's safe to say does the packers organization hate aaron Rodgers? what are (laughs) y'all's takes so, so he, I'm glad you asked this question because I was thinking about it the other day. I I think it's a, I think what it really is is I think he they ask him they say, where do you think we can save money? And I think he's so confident in his ability that he's like, oh yeah, I'll turn whatever receivers into whatever. Like I think I think he's kind of like the one saying like, go build me a Super Bowl team. I can make the offense good. What he underestimated was the the guys they put in are somehow worse than I think he could have ever fathomed. And I, and I don't know if there's a way to remedy that, like with, with their, with the way their cap is and like just who they have, they can't catch passes. Um, and they have no O-line. So I think I'm sure he didn't say that. I'm sure he never said, don't give me an O-line. Um, but it just worked out that they, they don't. And I don't think they have the money to, and I don't think their draft capital is worth that much. So it's interesting. And he kind of dug his hole a little bit too. And he started when he, they finally agreed on a contract and it was incredible amount of money because that's the thing with the NFL is like, as soon as someone gets what they deserve, supposedly Mm -hmm. on the open market, the rest of the team suffers in other positions. Um, We haven't seen that come to fruition with the chiefs yet because Andy Reid exists and they have some smart management, (laughs) but but, like, in general, that's what happens. And you can see it with Russell Wilson and the Broncos right now. It's like when you give someone a quarter of a billion dollars, that's a lot of money that isn't going to your receivers, your defense, your O-line. It's just basic math. That's my take on no. it. So so is Aaron Rodgers selfish then? Is that what we're – I think he just realized he could get what he deserves, and now he's getting it. And, you know, you can fault him for it, and it's going to cost him games, and it probably cost him the last – two or three years of his career, but he's just getting paid what probably a two-time MVP should get paid, right? No, no that, that's abs- fair, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, I just, I just wanted to interject with a quick quote uh, from Aaron Rodgers uh, from, on Twitter about an hour ago. This is from uh, Matt Schneidman. Uh, I want to be sure we credit folks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on seeing teams like the Eagles and Vikings make big, big moves. Quote, with all due respect to those teams, we're chasing some other teams right now. We got to get back in the hunt. Those teams are out front right now. I'm worried about our guys that we got in the locker room. End quote. 
This is your okay. guy. You know what I, I mean? This I think, is the quarterback. I, this is, this I think is, no, I think why why are you saying that like it's a bad thing? I think that's very valid. I think I don't know. Well, yeah, he's basically saying stop comparing us to the Bills and the Eagles. Like, that's just unrealistic. He's saying, like, we gotta work on our stuff. Like, that's the thing. When your locker room's full of these kids, these dudes who Aaron Rodgers is NFL career is longer than their football playing career period. Like you kind of have to let them know that it's not all roses. Like you've been the top guy your whole life and now you're here and yeah, like, you need, yeah, you need uh, to like do your job. Basically. I think I get, you know, just the, the go ahead. Oh no, you got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> uh, you had a thought. I wanted you to finish your thought, but, but, um, All right, we're not going to move this out. Wait, no. I want to know what We're not editing this out. No, I want everyone to know that it's just it's just bad. <laughs> no, I'll edit this out. Don't worry. No. Yeah, Don't yeah. Worry. But no, right. Zane, you, you started a thought, and then I wanted to let you finish the thought. And then you said, go ahead. I didn't have a oh, thought no, to no, say. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I apologize. I was just going to say, um, it, it, no, I, I'm actually uh, at this point, as far as Aaron Rodgers, man, I mean, hell of a career. You know, like I said, it's it's honestly been amazing to see some of the things that he's been able to accomplish in the NFL, honestly, by himself for the most part. Um, yeah. And so I do absolutely agree with you as far as just like, hey, whoa, whoa, I'm in the whoa. latter half of my career. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa! All by himself, though. That you're gonna no, say? No, I mean no, but I mean the the catalyst when when we when we've talked quarterbacks in the past ten years, and I mean collective just humanity. Aaron Rodgers is at the top of the list when you talk about just the, the quarterback position. I want to say that he is. I mean, obviously, he's not out there throwing to himself, but I totally. mean, he is a. He is a once in a lifetime opportunity, I feel like, at that position. And it really is a shame that he's only, you know, got one Super Bowl up to this point just off the sheer athletic ability and dedication to the craft um, that, it, that he's shown. Or at least it looks like he's shown throughout the yeah, yeah. His career. No, you're completely, you're completely right. Um, I, he hasn't looked great this year, but in general, Jack, he, ha- he doesn't have. He doesn't have like a ton of teammates around him. And what's funny is like Devontae Adams out of nowhere became this like totally dependable, great receiver. And I think he got the credit he was due. And then now he's on the Raiders and, you know, they're not, they're not doing too hot either. So it's like, um, they both miss each other. I feel very certain right now. Absolutely. Packers wish they, they signed, they signed his check. And the Raiders, man, nah, Devontae's just uh, – he's a Derek Carr now. From one Hall of Fame QB to another. That's what no, how he says. shut up. No, he's no, the one not. who said it. He's the one who said it, not me. No, no. Devontae said that in practice. Oh. I, I quote. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah. him, him and his brother right there in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Love well, it. and da- – David and Derek Carr, our, our favorite <laughs> quarterbacks on the podcast. So 1A, 1B. <laughs> so I, I looked up the top five receivers Aaron Rodgers had. Also, I never meant it to get this deep into Aaron Rodgers, but I think <laughs> you have to. The I like the lore. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of lore with this guy. I mean, a lot of lore. The, whole, the haircut, so much. 
and then he was like dating Olivia Munn, and the, the whole oh, thing. and, and Shailene Woodley. Woodley, we're also wow. and Danica Patrick for a minute, wasn't it? Oh my oh god! Oh my! And he was hosting yeah. Jeopardy. What? Bro, he's a sniper. He's a, he he's might a, be on the sniper list, man. He he's an Dude. enigma. It, it, is he the NFL's Derek Jeter? Find oh. out on next week's pod. <laughs> so all right. <laughs> so I, I looked up the the top five receivers that Aaron Rodgers had. So his fifth best receiver was James Jones. Good Four, God! Yeah. Oh God. Number That's four terrible. Is, it, it gets better. It does get better. All right. So four is Randall Cobb. Okay. Three is Greg Jennings. Huh. Not great. Uh, two, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. That's that's a pretty good name to have there. And then obviously number one, Devonte Adams. So those are his top five. Well, what do, what do all time. these What do all these guys have in common? Can you tell me? I can tell you. <laughs> I know like Greg three Jennings. or. Three or four of them went to the Raiders afterwards and busted. Just did terribly. Jordy, James Jones. Well, I was going to say two of the five haven't touched a football field, and I don't know how <laughs> yeah. long. So they all went somewhere all else and busted. Yeah, that's wild, actually. Are you sure there's no one else? I mean, though, that was just the top five I looked up. I'm sure there's others. I mean, wow. but it, it's not – so I actually looked up um, – his, I guess, uh, like uh, the the Green Bay receivers, and it is it, it's it's a pretty weak depth chart, if I'm being honest. So just to give it, it's so his so starting bad. three receivers are Alan Lazard, Romeo Dubes, and then Sammy Watkins. With what the hell? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it, that says it all. It's pretty bad. I know, Xavier, so before we started the podcast, I know you said you wanted a certain receiver to go to the Cowboys. I think that receiver would look pretty good on the Green Bay Packers. Tell me who it is. <laughs> Shit, yeah, do so, you remember who it is? Uh, as we know, like... Yeah, <laughs> no. As 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 uh, we were talking a little bit about the trade deadline just before the podcast, I did say that I was actually beside my phone almost the entire uh, morning and afternoon, waiting, just hoping, praying that the Brandon Cooks rumors, talks, memes, photoshops were true, um, and then uh, that three o'clock, two o'clock deadline hit, and uh, nothing, none of that came to fruition. So deep down in my cowboy heart, I'm I'm hoping that by the grace of God, we somehow just you know OBJ just magically appears in our locker room uh, for the playoffs, but. We're holding out. Hey, look who it is. What's up, Adam? Adam, welcome. Sorry, I'm running a little bit late today. No worries. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We got Adam on about to give his takes. It's kind of a bummer, Adam. You just missed a uh, about a 10 minute monologue on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. (laughs) Oh, Uh, you should. Yeah, you would have loved that. I can't believe uh, we didn't wait for you. It's lame. no, I no. Actually, we were we went through the list of his best receivers ever, and it's like a really sad list because Very all sad. of those yeah, we guys actually... went to another team and became terrible at sports. So it probably gives him a lot of credit. Actually, I was gonna say no, we I just think he is. we just shot Aaron yeah, Rodgers I mean, I a lot like... of bail just now. So come on oh, board, yeah, man. We're we're on the defense train. Now I've always been on board. I think Aaron Rodgers is like the potentially the consensus most talented QB of all time, like just raw, 
QB talent. I hate y'all. Uh, <laughs> this is so bad. Jack. <laughs> this, Jack this is, is a, this is a Packers. Right this is a cheesehead podcast. <laughs> it is. This is a Packers podcast. Oh I agree. Uh, All right, you know, you know, hey, we're we're done with Aaron Rodgers. Adam, you miss you missed your chance. You you have your you have your Adam uh five minutes uh next week. We're moving on. Uh and we're we're talking about uh the best division in the NFL, the NFC East, baby. Now, now, Ooh, now, Xavier, you more. have that that Brad. great stat, twenty three and eight in the division, which is arguably one of the greatest starts uh, ever, and it, it's kind of wild. So I, I've been following the Giants. I'm a New York Giants fan. Uh, don't flame me, but the Giants, they've won or lost every game this season by one touchdown, and they finally broke that streak, and they got blown out by the Seattle Seahawks, which. Fun fact, they were the only game last week to feature two teams above 500. Uh, but I'd love to hear, uh, you know, a- a- anyone else talking about the NFC East. Xavier, we haven't talked about your Cowboys other than the, a bit of the free agency drama. How you feeling, man? Yeah, uh, feeling really good going into the bye week. Uh, the only thing that definitely concerns me about the Cowboys uh, is the secondary hits that we took uh, this past week. Um, as of right now, I think we've got three to four in the secondary that are out. I think Jordan Lewis is out for the remainder of the season. Um, we got to cut a, had a few more nicked up this past weekend, so definitely concerns uh, again going into the back half of the season. Uh, we know this is a past first, you know, past happy league, um, and so I think that we're definitely vulnerable there. The only thing that gives me a slightest sliver of hope: number eleven. Michael Parsons in the pass rush. Ugh. That front seven, man. That that front seven is is legit, man. And uh, yeah. so, like I said, um, if our secondary stays healthy, maybe we make a move there. I doubt it. Um, but yes, we absolutely need a uh, another receiver on the other side of the ball on offense because right now our number two, Michael Gallup, is literally on one leg. Um, and so he's galloping the playoffs, some would say, yeah, I mean, Ooh. literally, literally, literally. And so, <laughs> if we have any chance, man, we got to get healthy and we got to get a good, good, solid number two, man, going into it. So OBJ, if you're listening, which I know you are, come on a big D baby. Let's go. I'm, I will say I'm very happy that we didn't give you Brandon cooks, but he is not happy. He is like subtweeting the Texans currently. Oh um, man, it's been great. It's like it's like when you own like stab you in the back like keep working or something like that. Um, not not happy because here's the thing, he's the one who signed the extension. He's the one last year who said I'm not going anywhere and I enjoy like the Texans. You can't expect to get traded at the deadline if there's nothing going for you. So as much as I like the guy and want to see him succeed, it's like you dug your own hole. To you, be you fair, though, you could have ringed eighteen million dollars. We paid him yeah. $18 million. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. We paid him $18 million. Your life sucks. Boo. <laughs> By the way, I, I do feel like I, I spent that much money on this jersey. I have, I'm rocking a Derek <laughs> LS, or uh, Texans jersey for my LSU guy. Going to Actually, so I, I wanted to take this time to give a shout-out. I'll be at the Texans-Eagles game reporting live for the Better Than Nothing no podcast. Way. Calling out some live bets. Doing some fun stuff. It'll be a good time. You'll see it on the Instagram and Twitter, thanks to Xavier. But now back into it. So, 
Uh-oh. Dude, I am jealous. Yeah, it, it's going to be a great game. All You're right. going to witness the Eagles' first loss, which is pretty crazy. It's good on primetime too. So, so it's so a sneaky game. That, that, it's a sneaky game. It's going to get into into my picks a little bit, and I know everyone here, I think, is probably going to be in agreement. But I just have uh, two more points to make, and then we'll, we'll do some honorable mentions as well. One, I have to give myself a shout out for the last NFL podcast we have. Titans minus two, absolutely smash. Called it out 100%. I was so confident. I said Texan or I said Titans minus five. That also smashed. That was a fantastic game. Actually, it was a garbage game. 17 to 10. It was real disgusting. I was praying that it would just go well. (laughs) And the last bit is some Seahawks drama. I'm sure y'all have seen the Tyler Lockett comment that when after the game, after blowing out the Giants, he said, quote, it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. So he has come out and said, this is not about Russell Wilson. So I will just say that it's not about Russell Wilson, It is, but (laughs) there's gotta be a little heat to it. He said, he said this his whole career, but most of his career has been with Russell Wilson. And then Russell Wilson, there's been a lot of stuff coming out. You need to go to his manager. If you want to be able to talk to him, he has his own office within the facility. I mean, just a lot of stuff that keeps coming up. So he, he demands they don't run the ball as much, supposedly. Like he he wants he wants to be the guy. He wants to throw like way more, which uh, we don't want to see because it's bad and you're losing yeah. football games because of it. We we but... did reach out to uh, Marshawn Lynch for a comment, but uh, you know, un- unfortunately, he'd swear too much on the pod. We had to we had to say no. So maybe next time. Um, but guys, a- any last takes before we get into some uh, some fun bets uh, for this week? I will say, keep betting against the Texans, Jack. It won't work out for you. We're about whoa, whoa, whoa. to turn around. <laughs> we haven't gotten to my picks. No, no, no. No, let, 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 let's hold off. I'm going to the okay, game, Okay, dude. Baby. I mean, you're the one who took, to, took us against our, our rival, the Titans, and you live in Houston. I don't even live in Houston currently. It's okay, just... two, no, hold up, hold up. It's a good point. You got a Texans jersey on. Yeah, like, what is this? Oh, you hit a me bit, with A bit sus. No, no, no. No, it, it, it's very sus, but I'm trying to I'm trying to think with my betting mind, and you know what? It paid off this week. So, Bruh. starting the okay. winning streak right now. All right, Xavier, Adam, any last NFL comments before we head into some fun bets uh, for the weekend? I don't think so. I think we should hit bets. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Xavier, you haven't talked in a hot second. What are you feeling NFL bets? What do you got? Yeah, so NFL bets for this week. Uh, let's get right into it. First up, uh, we've got the Chargers and Falcons over 48 and a half. Uh, real quick, I do want to say I cannot believe that the uh, Saints and uh, Raiders over did not hit from last year. I did not expect it. What did I say? That if it did not hit, that it would just be by some just wild, just miraculous whatever. And sure enough, I, I think- the Vegas Raiders went out there and scored. Zero points. So shout out to them for making us lose that one. But rolling into this one, we're going to go with another over in the Chargers and Falcons game. Uh, I do like this one with L.A. coming off of a bye. Uh, This Atlanta defense has allowed more than 1,000 yards in the past two games combined. So I think that this is a prime spot for Herbert to just, you know, do what he does, go out there and just fling the rock uh, against a pretty bad Falcons secondary. Um, Mm -hmm. However, on the flip side of that, I do think that the Falcons are going to give us 17 to 21 um, to push this one over 
just a couple of quick numbers. It looks like uh, both teams on this one did a little bit of research. Both teams are 1-0. I know it's a small sample size, but it's still 100%. Both teams are 1-0 to the over versus teams allowing more than 25 points per game. Both of these teams are currently giving up about 25 points per game. So we're going to hammer the over on this one, 48 and a half. Honestly, uh, I absolutely love the over uh, for this game. I am a huge proponent of NFL overs. Um, you're, you're looking at some of the best athletes uh, to play the game of football. And so it just always feels like there's 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 a chance to really, you know, hit, the, hit these points over. I'm going to kind of jump on top of that. And because I'm going to the game tomorrow, I am going to smash the over 45 points in the Eagles-Texans game uh, tomorrow. The Eagles have just been absolutely scoring machines with what they can do. The Texans secondary, while it is good, Derek Singley Jr., you know, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be too much of a match with, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and, uh, you know, some of their attacking weapons. Um, and then also maybe the Texans can uh, scrape together some points there too. Just uh, kind of like I hate to be that guy, a, a bit of garbage time um, points. But I just <laughs> want to make the caveat I do believe the Texans will cover. I, I am saying that right now. It is going to be plus 13 is what we're looking at. I do believe in the cover. I think it's going to be around a 20-point game as we're going into the fourth quarter. The Eagles are going to really lay off. They're just going to do some running, kind of run out the clock. Texans is going to get some garbage time TD, and that's how I think we do it. Uh, it's going to be a pretty brutal game, though, but a lot of points in my opinion. Andrew, I know. Yeah, I like the cover as well. I don't know what the Jalen Hurts rushing yards over is, but you should smash it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts might run for a thousand yards on the Houston Texans. Yeah, they just I have a young front seven, like they're just all youthful. Yep. Jalen Hurts might run for a thousand yards. Honestly, yeah, they- and on that note, I think that's how they. I think that's how they beat us. I actually feel yeah. really good about our younger secondary. It's young, but like mm-hmm. we actually do. We have some dogs, like. Uh, yeah. Those guys can play, and like, they're only going to get better. So this is—I'm just going to put the league on notice. The new Legion of Boom is in Houston. Ooh. Not a homer take. Yeah. Completely like real take. It's, okay. It's not this year, but like Jalen Petrie, Jonathan Owens, Derek Stingley, just those guys are good. It's like they have to make up for the fact that, like Adam said, very very young front seven, like. Uh, not not super good. That that's probably a position of need, which is weird to think about, considering our front seven yeah. was just elite for the JJ Watt era, the JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless, Brian Cushing. I could go on. There's so many <laughs> it's guys. Over, unfortunately. Yeah, that is sadly over. But from a secondary perspective, I think we're going to be as good as anyone. Um, no, we've got we've got young talent as well. It just seems like we have waited. Are like the guys who have really emerged that we've drafted over the last few years have been kind of weighted towards the secondary. Yep. So I just I think Jalen Hurts is he's got the threat of pass, which our guys are gonna have to pay attention to. I think he's gonna end up running for a ton of yards. Yep. I think that's a, yeah, agree, it, so. it, exactly very fair. So Xavier, back to you. I see this this fun Ravens bet. What do you got, man? Yeah. So uh, this one uh, last week, I believe we took Raiders or excuse me, Ravens uh, on the money line. Uh, This week, we're going to take them on the spread at minus three. Um, Ravens, Baltimore is going to be coming off uh, about 10 days rest uh, when they play the Saints on Monday night. Um, So with that, the uh, newly acquired Roquan Smith 
Uh, I think Baltimore is poised for a good spot to cover here. I really do. Uh, New Orleans is still a bit of a question mark, depending on, you know, week to week. We really don't know how those games are going to go. Uh, and even off they're coming off, even though they are coming off that shutout of Vegas, uh, Lamar Jackson is just not Derek Carr. Um, he's going to get in the end zone. And so I think that by, uh, I think the Ravens are figuring it out as far as the second half goes. Uh, three is pretty generous here. So uh, I like the Ravens at minus three. I think they could end it up. I think they win this one by a touchdown. I like it. And I think the Roquan Smith being underrated because he was on the Bears, like it's yeah. going to come to – people are going to realize how good he is. No, he is um, that guy. Yeah. He's, he's that dude. So that oh. was kind of a fleece to me um, just because, like, he's such a known product. Like, yeah. I would have given up a first for him if I'm the Texans. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like the Ravens a lot there too. That's nice. Cool. Good pick. So, so, so my only yeah, Ravens. My only caveat yeah, like is I'm buying half a point. Because okay. I always want Justin Tucker to be able to win me the game. That's all okay. I'm saying. I'll buy not half a point bad. to give me the dub, not just give me the push. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, well what, what if they're down? Da- they're down one, and then he, he kicks the field. Well, then goal. it's what still a loss then? for everyone involved in this. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Your your logic here. It, uh, okay, Jack. I'm just saying, like, if it, if it's if it's a tie game and Lamar Jackson gets the ball at his own twenty. And you have a minute left. You're getting within field goal range, and Justin Tucker's kicking to win the game. I mean, sure. Mister Automatic. And you know, I'm probably jinxing him right now, but yeah, he's gonna last. miss three kicks now. But all right, so 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 just another fun bet that I got, and this is probably gonna be a bit a, a, a bit controversial. I got Panthers plus seven and a half at Bengals. So this is kind of an obscure one. Oof. Obviously, they have lost basically every offensive weapon they could possibly have. I mean, Christian McAfee, Robbie Anderson, both of their quarterbacks are down. You know, we're, we're now playing with the, what, the uh, the ex-Houston uh, Rambler quarterback, right, Andrew? Rambler. Is that? P.J. Walker is uh, good. P.J. Walker. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 the rough, the roughnecks. Roughnecks, but he's, yeah. He's very good. I, yeah, uh, refer to him by his name because he's better than um, some respect. Eli Manning. What? I didn't say that. Sorry. But yeah, he's a goat. Yeah, he, he so, runs. So, so 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 my reason is is one the the absolute dominant win against the Bucks. I actually bet Bucks, and they absolutely destroyed my parlay. And so I it, it's just been a, a sour taste in my mouth. I let them uh, you know do last week, and and they actually performed very well. A very high scoring game against the Falcons. They still lost by a touchdown, but still a very somewhat impressive game for a team where we thought. They would absolutely finish the rest of the season, you know, without a win. Um, and also, just to go uh, on the Bengals, uh, obviously, I went to LSU. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, big Jamar Chase fan, uh, but they just do not look like them former selves. Uh, allowing Joe Burrow to get sacked as much as he is um, now, granted, against the Browns, he is 0 and 4, um, so that is a bit of a caveat. He can somehow never be the Browns. Uh, Miles Garrett actually has, uh, you know, his skeleton in his front yard for Halloween, uh, you know, for all the sacks he's had this year. Um, so I think he just had his number. Um, and then also with uh, the Jamar Chase injury, I think just relying on, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, I just think it's they need that one other deep threat to really help space out the defense. And Joe Mixon and, and Joe Burrow just get attacked in the backfield. So I think that's 
I think plus seven and a half, you get a bit more points there. I like it. Yeah, honestly, not a bad pick. I like that. I mean, seven and a half, you're right, is like a good amount of points to give against a team that objectively has a hard time scoring when Jamar Chase isn't on the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I was I was legitimately shocked by their performance uh, the other night. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually really like this pick as well. Um, Panthers are in a position where they just – they have to play football and they put, you know what I mean? And so they have to actually game plan and do all these good things and not, you know, we got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Let's just give it to him 25 times a game. Can't do that anymore. So I like it a lot, man. Oh yeah. So, so Andrew, I, I, I want to talk about your bet here because it's in all caps. So that, yeah. that, that means you're, you're feeling pretty confident. Uh, can you elaborate on it uh, for us? Well, this is, this is kind of a play based on, um, just the recent things I've been reading about uh, practices and who's attending practice, who's subtweeting the team. Um, and for the Texans, um, as you know, Brandon Cooks, unhappy, questionable to play. I wonder if he's just going to like sit out. Like, I really, I don't know what's going to happen, but you can tell his mind, like currently he is, does not feel that great about the franchise. So that's one. Two, Nico Collins are Big threat receiver hasn't been practicing. I don't think he practiced today either. He didn't practice yesterday. Um, so it's looking like he's out as well. Um, this is just kind of like assuming Philip Dorsett's going to get the looks in garbage time against the Eagles that I think would have gone to a Nico Collins or a Brandon Cooks. I could totally see us being down like 18. Davis Mills just throwing little slot outs to Philip Dorsett for to make for the 30 yards they're going to say his over is. I'm not sure what it is yet. They haven't released that yet. But if it's under 40 or 50, I think I have to take it. So I'm going to smash the Philip Dorsett yards over. I think he's I think he's decent. I mean, but it's like he's the only guy we get to go to. That's a, it is. That's an all-time degenerate bet. The Philip <laughs> Dorsett yards over. I'm sorry, but, but it most not- of my bets are degenerate. Yes. Um, good point. And I mean, is it not enough of a good reason if Brandon Cooks just mid game so frustrated that we're just getting smacked by the Eagles? He just throws his helmet out. Antonio Browns it, walks out, <laughs> like oh, demands no. demands to be cut the next day. Philip Dorsett comes in, fills that role in garbage time. Eagles backups are in, easy cover. I don't want. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think the Texans are going to win by 40. That's what's really going to happen. But <laughs> if that were to happen. That's how Philip Dorsett easily smashes that bet. Thank you. Andrew, pl- please request the bet. Texans minus 40. Put $5 to win a million, please. I'd love to see I, it. What, I wonder what odds they would actually give me if I said that. But I'm going to. Now that you said that, I'm going to. Let's, I think let's they would it. just laugh at you. But, all right, en- enough about the NFL. We are going – actually, before we finish, I'm just going to recap uh, some of the bets that we just made. Uh, so from Xavier, we got Chargers and Falcons over 48 and a half. Ravens, we got minus three. Uh, for my end of the world, uh, we're going to be doing the over 45 in the Eagles-Texans game and then also sprinkle some on the spread of plus 13. And then we're going to go Panthers plus seven and a half at Bengals. Uh, feels pretty confident. Obviously, we got to do the Philip Dorsett yards over uh, as well. Did I, did I miss any in there? That's all I got. Perfect, I perfect. Good. All right, so on, on to college football. Uh, something I think everyone on this podcast is maybe a bit more passionate about. 
Uh, so just before we get into it, I'm going to give a big shout-out to the Porter Report and their transfer of the week. We're going to highlight Tommy DeVito. Uh, he plays for Illinois. He is a transfer from Andrew's favorite team in Orange, Syracuse. Uh, so he put on an absolute show against Nebraska, keeping it really easy. I mean, the guy was looking cool as a cucumber out there. An easy 26-9 win at Nebraska. 20 completions on 22 attempts, averaging a 90.9 completion percentage. Uh, he was Ooh. averaging about an 8.1 uh, yards per attempt with 179 yards and two touchdowns with a long pass of 46 yards. So had a very impressive performance and a very special shout-out. Actually, Andrew, it, you, you wanted to make a comment on that game? Well, I just want to say, Tommy DeVito, if you listen to episode one of the podcast – Everyone mocked me when I said at Syracuse, he didn't have the legs for that O-line. Um, so basically, like, he just got sacked over and over. But he showed when he could get the passes out, he actually looked really good. Now he's at Brett Belima, the king of O-lines, literally Patriots O-line coach, Arkansas run the football extraordinaire. The match is kind of made in heaven, I feel like. And he's got time to get the ball out. Illinois looks really good. Uh They've been lesser talked about in terms of our, like, orange playoff, but they are completely in the race. Uh, you went out, very you're in. So team. very, very orange and very good. Um, and Garrett Schrader took his place. He has the legs to keep plays alive. Dino Babbers, I think, likes that a little more. But we love Tommy DeVito here, too. This podcast does not discriminate against Syracuse quarterbacks. So, uh, well, well, well they will in about that. five minutes. So we'll, we'll hold on, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a, a very special shout out to, uh, the Porter report for giving us that transfer of the week. They also tried to get me to say Bo Nix, but with two interceptions and, uh, not even covering Boo. the spread. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're not going to post that one, but check out the Porter report for all of your college basketball and college football transfer news at the so now into college football. Andrew, you're kind of our resident expert on college football. So just give me like a quick reaction uh, uh, sure. of this past week. You know, what, what, what are your, I mean, just kind of overall thoughts. Um, and maybe, maybe touch on the college football playoff committee and their rankings if, if you wanted uh, to, you know. I mean, yeah. Well, if, if you don't want me to talk for hours, I, we, I'll go into it a little <laughs> bit. Um, but, yeah, again, we, week nine's – Really interesting week because we're getting to the point, and Vegas is getting to the point where we have enough data points to, I don't know, really form opinions on these teams for the most part. There's still the question marks of like who's 1A and who's 1B. And then, but for, we, we know who's bad. <laughs> that, that's the main thing. We know who's bad. We don't necessarily know who the real contenders are. We can pretend to know, but in reality, it's always funny to see these first week rankings because. I was ready to react negatively before I even saw them because I knew the first week of rankings is always just – it's just a guess. And if anything, you have to wonder if ESPN's like, yeah, make it a little spicy. Like like let's let's get some weird picks in there. Let's, let's put LSU, LSU at 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's snub a team like just for fun. Um, so it's – I don't need to go into the details. Uh, I could pick – things apart for days. I think that some of the things they got right, I mean, obviously Georgia should be high. I think Georgia should be one. Um, I think Clemson should be high. 
they have a lot of ranked wins. Um, question marks everywhere else, but I think I think the teams they got are somewhere in that realm. So it's like at least they're not putting LSU at two or whatever. But I this is a lot of LSU. Are you not a Tennessee believer? Andrew, you don't believe in Tennessee. I, I am a Tennessee. I am a Tennessee. Prove it to me, because because I think the Bama win in everyone's mind because they're Bama put Tennessee on this pedestal. But I need to yeah. prove it to me. Beat beat Georgia this week, or come within three points of Georgia this week, and prove to me you're kind of on Georgia's level. That's where I'm at. I don't think they're bad. I just think there is a one A and there's a one B. Let's see where they are, and let's see where Michigan and Ohio State are too. Because truth be told, yeah. I don't think either's really been challenged yet. So I'm. That's kind of my take on the whole thing. So Tennessee could be that team, and hopefully they are because it would be fun to see some new blood in the orange playoff. But uh, we'll, we'll see. They still they got a lot of proving to do. Yeah, I think if you just just looking at Hendon Hooker's stat line is unbelievable, though. But like, that's Josh Heupel too, objective. man. Like when he was at UCF, those guys like Dylan Gabriel looked like he threw for like fifty touchdowns, man. So it's like yeah. I, I want to believe. <laughs> But I need to see them beat someone. And I don't yeah, know if Bama's that team. At least play with Yeah, them. exactly. Be yeah. in the game. Be in the game. No, that's, uh, that, that, that's completely fair points. But all right, so so let's kind of jump into it. So, Xavier, what what are your thoughts? You know, I, I see this point about Tennessee's offense. I know we were talking about it in the College Football Committee playoff yeah. ranking. So, so, so tell me a little bit about that. I see you got some stats there. What are you thinking? Yeah, so um, obviously we know that uh, I'm I'm definitely not the uh, I'm not the czar when it comes to college football. Let's just say that. But I I, I do you know check in on the big games and uh, man, this Tennessee offense. I've actually watched a few of their games this year from start to finish, uh, including the Bama game. And a uh, little fun fact, man, we we all remember, you know, that Joe Burrow offense, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, all those guys from 2019. This Tennessee offense is actually on pace to match, if not beat, that LSU Tiger team in points per game, opponents points per game, yards per play, and yards per game. Um, they're about a point almost a whole point over as far as points per game, um, allowing maybe about 0.9, so about a point less than that LSU Tiger team did, uh, about half a yard less per play, um, and then about 10 to 15 yards uh, a game less than that LSU Tiger team. Uh, and we're not even through the, se- the rest of the season yet. So um, like I was saying, they, these this Tennessee team, they light the scoreboard up, man. They're really fun to watch. Uh, Hooker is man. He he's fantastic. Makes some really good decisions, and he can just drop a bomb on you at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that's just kind of kind of you know my reaction is just Tennessee and Tennessee at number one. Yes, I do believe that that Bama win was the push to get them to number one. Are they deserving? We'll find out Saturday. So so all all I gotta say on that is uh, the LSU team in 2019 didn't have to go to overtime against Pitt. I mean, there you go. That's kind of that's kind of like the only litmus test outside of the SEC we have this year, and that's kind of why I'm a little shaky on Tennessee too. It's like Pitt has not Mm -hmm. looked that great in ACC play, Um, so it's worth it's worth thinking about. No, see if the defense can. Just a little nugget. It makes it fun. It makes it fun, man. It really does. 
Yeah, All right, a- Andrew, I-, I want you to you to give me give me some insight yeah. in, into. I'll give you some. Give me some insight. I'll give you Matthew. some insight. Give okay, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to say the pick right off the bat because I'm going to get some eyes rolled. It's gonna. It's a weird pick, but I was. I was just. I was in. I was in that rabbit hole where you're just like, you just like. It's like it's. It's almost like. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Re- reset. All right, Andrew. Give me some of your college football picks. You're a resident expert. I would love to hear what you think with some of your kind of wild takes here. Sure. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll give you my first one, and I'm not going to say it off the bat. I'm gonna I'm gonna cue it up so that when I'm done giving you the, the uh, data that I'm about to give you, you understand where I'm coming from. But um, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, this Ohio State team this year undefeated. Looks pretty good. Passes the eye test. Has played decent teams. I, I wouldn't say it's like they have that Heisman moment yet. But it feels like usually around this time, week 10, um, Ohio State starts to like get a little complacent. Um, and I did some digging into like week 10s. This is like very specific. The like week tens of college football. You can't get these stats anywhere else, guys. Like you have to dig for them. Um, and I started thinking about it. Like week ten is the first week after they get their playoff ranking. In the last five years, Ohio State has been in the top six, I believe, every single year because they've either been undefeated or one loss by the time they get to week ten. Okay. Listen to these last five years' results, and these are against the spread. Okay. 2017, Iowa beat them 55 to 24. I think they were undefeated or one loss going into it. L, they were favored by 18 and they lost. 2018, OSU played Nebraska. They were favored by 22 and a half. They only won by five. There was a bye. They didn't play in 2019. In 2020, they're favored by 39 against Rutgers. They only win by 22. L, 2021, OSU plays against Nebraska. Wins by nine, was favored by 14 and a half. Four L's, 0 and 4 in week 10 after the rankings come out. Now, what that sounds like to me is a team that gets to pat themselves on the back in week 10 after the first rankings come out and they're in the top five. Or in this case, top two, which was pretty out of nowhere. So in many ways, and I haven't told you who they're playing yet, so... That's that's when you're, why you're going to roll your eyes. But they've gone 0-4 with an outright loss. Every team is different, I know. But you've got to wonder if there's a hangover effect, um, especially wow. especially with the number two ranking they got. So with that being said, my pick is a Northwestern plus 38 against Ohio State. And Northwestern is 1-7. Um, so, I mean, it's not – they are a very, very sicko team to watch, like – their QB has six TDs on the season and six interceptions on the season. So, and he's thrown for like 1,500 yards. So, I know it doesn't sound good, but I think they've played close games against Penn State. They only lost by 10 to Penn State, which who OSU just beat by like 20, but it was like, it was a game for a little bit. It was a comeback win, I think. Um, and they, beat, they lost to Maryland by one score as well. Two okay Big Ten teams, I would say. Um, my hope is that Ohio State kind of just continues to pat themselves on the back for that ranking. And uh, our boys can sneak in with like a 20-point loss. That's the hope. And if the trend continues, you learned it here on the podcast. Uh, 
Northwestern plus 38. Any thoughts? Every year bet Ohio State week 10. Bet against, against Ohio, Ohio State. State week 10. Yeah, yep. Against Ohio week State. Mm-hmm. To not cover. Week to 10. not cover. Exactly. Yep. Not. The, the research that you put into this pick, man, I, I'm on board. I'm putting Beautiful. this in. Let's go. We, I, I mean, seriously, I'm, uh, I'm putting this in as soon as we get off the, <laughs> the, 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 this podcast because, wow, to go back <laughs> to 2017, week 10, and pull these numbers. I can't argue. I I need no further explanation. I'm on board. Northwestern plus 38. You have my money. Let's go. Let's go. So, so, so the one thing I just want to comment on is they did just kind of get blown out by Iowa. Uh, it was they, it was a 20 point Iowa. loss. This is 38. And no no I know I know it's a 38, but Iowa scored 33 on them for a team that is very bad at scoring the football. And I don't want to hear it. Ohio, Ohio State is very good at scoring the football, so that's yeah, the, Jack. But that was Week Nine. That was Week Nine. That's Jack. not Week Ten. <laughs> yeah, this is week you 10. get out of here with your logic. And I, I, I'm just I want to play devil's advocate. I mean, honestly, you know, I have to go with Pat Fitzgerald. He's a very, very distant cousin of oh. mine, so I have to, you know, at least hype him up a little bit. I didn't even mention the other reason I like Northwestern is I also did digging into every single Northwestern game of the past five years. They've, they've only lost by That's 38. That's a normal thing to do. Yeah. They've only, normal thing to do. <laughs> they've only lost by 38 twice. Um, more than 38 twice. And they've been pretty bad. They've been blown out quite a few times, but never by more than 38. And I'll die on this hill. So let's see what happens. <laughs> I was going to say, if, that, if you needed any more convincing, that should have done it. <laughs> Northwestern 38, your your college, your, your child's college fund depends on it. I don't know what else to say, man. I, don't, I need to know. I'm just ready for some garbage time. Yeah. <laughs> don't you worry, Jack. Andrew, you know what I heard in that, in that whole spiel? In the list of opponents that Ohio State has played in week 10 over the last few years, I heard a list of a bunch of power five teams that are much worse than every single team in the SEC. Contrary Ugh. to your point earlier today. I mean, actually, I very right. true. Very yeah. true. Very, very, very true. Because those teams are in the Big Ten. Also overrated <laughs> conference. Which is horrible. Yes. The Big Ten is terrible. We're, we're not going to get into the SEC we get a... is the best conference debate now. No, that, this is not it the is. time. We, no. No, no, no. We, we, we don't have enough time in this podcast. Uh, maybe we'll do some honorable mentions at the end where Adam and Andrew can step into the ring together. Xavier as the, the coach for Andrew. I'll be the coach for Adam. And we'll go toe-to-toe. Yes. Um, Let's it. do it. All right. So I, 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 I'm just going to hijack this a little bit. So I, I'm going to say one of my picks uh, for this week. Uh, and I'm going to go with the LSU Tigers, baby. LSU, we're just we, – we, we got that dog in us right now. We're a bit of we're, – we're a gritty team, you know, with uh, Jaden Daniels, you know, coming in from ASU. I think you should be the transfer of the week every week. Shout out to Portal Port. Please do that. But I think we are 13-point underdogs for this time. It is playing in Baton Rouge, in Death Valley. I think that Alabama have shown weaknesses that we've clearly seen. I think LSU can go toe-to-toe. And I also think that the committee messed up putting them at 10 because realistically, or actually not realistically, hypothetically, let's just say – LSU decides to beat Alabama. They have Arkansas and, and, um, in their final two games. 
So let's just if they one of those is a, is a win for sure. One of those is a win. Both you know, Arkansas is going to be the questionable one, but we'll continue. And so, essentially, if they can win out, I mean, LSU is going to win the SEC West and is going to play either Tennessee or Georgia in the SEC championship. And if they win, how can the playoff committee not put them in the college football playoff? And Brian Kelly would have gotten the LSU Tigers in in his first season to there. I don't care if we get blown out. That's the Notre Dame way to get blown out in the college world playoff, but we made it. That's all I care about. <laughs> also, is the Ole Miss is one loss or two loss? Right? They're one, one loss to Okay, so so you wouldn't go actually cuz if they if Ole Miss won out, if 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 Bama can lose to you, they can probably lose to Ole Miss is kind of how I feel. I don't think we know how good Bama is. That's the thing. Um and I think that's the that's the variable that's screwing everyone up. It's what makes people think Texas is good. It's what makes people think Tennessee could be number one. It's all of that. It's like, what if we just find out Bama is okay? I, I know that's like a weird concept. But like, what if they aren't uh, – like, what if they've just – I mean, it's not like they've played anyone who could prove that, you know? Um, but I agree. It would be cool. And I don't think you could leave out an LSU team uh, that goes – what is it? 12 – or no, eleven and two. Is that yeah, would that be eleven and two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you couldn't. I, you should leave them out, like they did to Baylor last year. But I, whatever. Uh, but they won't. <laughs> they won't. No, I, I don't know that. It, I don't know that a two-loss team. I guess in, if they're an SEC champion, sure. But to Andrew's point, Ole Miss will probably be in there before y'all. That, I, I, I think that's an absolute crime to say. No, no shot. I'm calling. It. I no mean, way. actually, yeah, you did lose to you did lose to Florida State. They're not even like top five in the half of the ACC they're in. So Florida I forgot State, about that. They've got that grit though. They you also got blown out. I, oh, wait, I t- why am I forgetting? They also lost by 27. Has a playoff team ever lost by 27 to anyone? But I if we beat so. the same team in the SEC championship, much like Alabama did with LSU, uh, yeah. I guess I guess if you got your revenge, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a long shot. Right. Uh, yeah. Who's got another bet? I got one that I like. I got one that I like a lot. I like uh, Kansas State plus one twenty. I literally I mean, had Kansas that written State down too, Adam. Adam, I agree. Kansas State yeah. being favored, they get two and a half points against Texas. And it's at Kansas State? Doesn't make Come any sense. Now. They absolutely obliterated Oklahoma State last week. And then they're, they got plus money playing against a Texas team that is like just completely is it Is it in Manhattan? I can't remember. It's in Kansas State. Yeah, it's actually. It's a home game yeah, for Kansas State. That's just bonkers. I mean, yeah, if I had to pick easily Kansas State, that game, the only reason that game scares me is the hangover effect of like when you blow out a team like psychologically when you beat a team 50 to nothing like do they do that you come out like are you do you, are you just like top of the world and then suddenly Quinn Ewers hits you over? like I don't know I think yeah. Kansas I think if you're getting points against Texas who was like completely overrated and it's like clear right. and they might be they they they're probably fine but like Kansas State actually looks like a good football team. And if Adrian Martinez plays, which he didn't last week, that's the scariest part of this Kansas State team, is he didn't play last week 
and they won 48 to nothing against, yeah, against a, honestly a pretty decent, a team that's probably on a similar, I think, okay, State took Texas to the end and beat them. Um, right. So, yeah. Doesn't make, like, the odds there don't make any sense to me. It's one of those classic, like, one in the world, and you just take the bet, and if it works out, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think what you got in this in this game, you just more to your point, Adam, is just the the logo effect. For you sure. See that orange mm-hmm. longhorn, and they hammer that sucker for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, I absolutely love that freaking pick. It, especially if you're, you know, if you get freaky and take the money line, that's plus money. Not a bad. Yeah, I think it's only two and a half right points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's close anyway. So you might as well just take the money line, get plus money. Boom! I love it, man. Nice, nice. Well, I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of that. Andrew, so so I want to hear, you know, you're a big ACC fan, so I noticed you got something uh, in your pick. You know, before we even get into that, I want to say, uh, you know, a bit of my uh, biggest losers of last <laughs> week. Um, and by biggest losers, I mean the thing that hurt me the most because I had a lot of money on them and it went very poorly was Syracuse and Wake Forest uh, in the ACC <laughs> It was it was a very bad result uh, for everyone around uh, for those two teams. Uh, Andrew, uh, I'm going to let you comment and then go right into your pick. Uh, sorry for setting you up in a very poor fashion. <laughs> no, no. Uh, thank you for, for saying what needed to be said. I don't know if I'd be able to say it on the pod. So, um, yeah, we got to watch my my some of my favorite teams to bet on lose. Um, and, you know... I'll, I'll talk about Syracuse first, but um, the Notre Dame Syracuse, it, it, I just hate it because Notre Dame has been underperforming and I think they're starting to figure things out. And, you know, if Syracuse got this Notre Dame team in the first four weeks of the season, I think Syracuse wins this. Um, but it's like, uh, I'll give you a stat right here. Um, Clemson is fifth in like recruiting team composite. So that means over the years, they've gotten all these recruits. They are fifth in that, like they have the fifth best recruits in the country, basically is what 247 says. Notre Dame is 10th. So they're right there. Syracuse composite recruit rankings is 66th, which is lower than South Florida and Vanderbilt and Duke. Like uh, it's lower than like everyone. So the fact that they were just, they were in a one score game with, Clemson two weeks ago is it's just it's great coaching it's 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 sort of like miraculous a little bit so it's like a team like Notre Dame when they click when they figure it out it's kind of like when AM beat Alabama last year it's like that team has the talent to beat any team in the country if they can figure it out for one game then they can they can blow out any team in the country because they have the fourth best or tenth best recruits in this scenario it's like great coaching can only get you so far in general um Wake Forest is the same thing. I think they have like the 74th best recruits in the country. Um, They're sort of just playing with house money at this point, like with the records they have. And so it was very sad to see their dream shot by just a bunch of players who were better than them. But this is, I'm going to go into my pick. Vegas has just abandoned them. Like Vegas for like two weeks was like, (laughs) let's go Syracuse, like minus seven against it. Like minus, like they were, they were getting minus. Like it was, I was like, dang can't bet my underdogs anymore Syracuse at Pitt I'm pretty sure Pitt has lost two games in a row at Pitt plus three and a half Syracuse is getting money Vegas has just said whatever 
I we don't like you anymore now that you've lost to Notre Dame. But I, Pitt, I think, is like 40, 50, somewhere in those composite rankings. So this is going to be a, two teams with similar talent playing. And I think when you look at something like that, a team like Syracuse is a good team. I think they're a good football team. I think they bounce back from a loss to a team where they just weren't as good as uh, talent-wise. And, um, hey, I'll take three points. Just like we talked about with Kansas State and Texas, it's like, you're getting three points in a game where you think, like, you you know this team is good and can win games. Uh, surprise, surprise, I'm taking Syracuse again, guys. Oh, yeah. Probably done it like, <laughs> I, probably done it like six times, whatever. And the Schrader-Heisman orange playoff dream, probably dead, which is really sad. But yeah. it was plus 25,000 for them to win the ACC. I think they've come close enough. They've done us all proud. The, the media, would have, Big Disney never would have let Schrader win it anyway. It's sad to say, but uh, I'm still rooting for him. I want him, to, I want him to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So this is a, would be a big win for them, and I think they can do it. No, do they still I, have I, a chance I, to win the ACC, or are they in the same division? as like, Can they not go because they lost to Clemson? So, like, Clemson would have to bottle, like, really hard, and then so would Wake Forest. So, like, that whole Atlantic side is actually very strong. Um, but – on that note, Wake Forest did lose to Louisville. Louisville has just slowly right. been like, I don't know what's going on, what they're, what's in the Kool-Aid in Louisville. The last like three weeks, they've just been just murdering yeah. people out of nowhere after getting blown out by Syracuse in week one. So it's one of those things where if, yeah, if Syracuse met Louisville again, uh, I don't know if they win. Like that team is just hot. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the ACC might be out of their reach. It's kind of sad. No, I think that's yeah. I, I love the point there, you know. But uh, you know, Pitt, they got that kind of you know that dog in them a little bit. But I don't <laughs> think it. I don't think it's a minus three and a half favorite though. Sure. You know, I think that's uh, a, a a bit, um, you know, kind of Vegas, you know, doing its thing and kind of overcorrecting, as you said, Andrew. Yeah, um, totally. So you know, I think that's just kind of the deal. Uh, well, they've lost. Time. They've lost three of their last four, and their only win is against Virginia Tech, who is actually yeah, 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 Pitt. yeah. yeah. Like they've just been stinking it up. So, um, yeah. But back to our Tennessee point. If that's Tennessee's out of conference, and they play them to the end in a game that was winnable by Pitt, it's like we we have to think about that when we're looking. And and you know what, West Virginia and Pitt. That was a that was a game that was in their hands too, or West Virginia's hands. And so it's like. All these teams could just be a similar decent level of decent, and we just don't know. So I'm excited. This is going to be a fun it's so week. Hard to tell in, it's so hard to tell in college football. They need to do a better job of mixing in the out-of-conference games like, totally. throughout the season. Yeah. Because it's just so – these early season games are like basically tell you nothing mm -hmm. because teams are still trying to figure themselves out. College football has so much more turnover than the NFL. So you're constantly integrating new people. Like you're just not going to be the same team at the beginning of the year as you are at the end. A hundred percent. have to mix in out of conference games later in and like at all levels of the season or else you're just not going to be able to tell what's going on. So it's so hard to predict. I think it would be cool. And like, this is kind of a, like a realignment topic, but like if you put a, it's a, it's like a random lot you get like a random conference or it's just like a random, like number generator where you get like any random team at the start in the middle and at the end of your season. And it would make no sense, but it'd be so fun. We randomly, like, end of your season, you get to see Bama versus, like, I don't know, uh, 
Syracuse or something like that. Like that'd be so fun. And it would just provide so much, uh, I don't know, for someone like me, like I love when conferences play each other and we just get these echo chambers where like you just yeah. play your conference and we have no clue at what level every team is. Yeah, it's it'd crazy. be a blast. Let's for like two seconds, Andrew, I want to hear your pitch for everything's on the table. No holds barred. You can do whatever you want. How do you restructure college football and make it? Oh, that's, that's like, so now we get into like the deep stuff where it's like you, you form like a sort of premier league type setup where it's like, there's a tier, there's like tiers and you're like promoting and relegating. You're playing like little playoffs. Like it's like the the top tier has like a relegation playoff and the bottom tier. it would go too deep, but it would be so fun because then you could guarantee you could say, okay, the top conference is the best conference, but everything, everyone has something to play for. Like if I'm in the third tier and I'm playing a playoff to get to the second tier, that's like, that's everything. And maybe your, your pay, like the amount of money your program gets changes based on where you are, like in the premier league. Um, Adam, yeah, we'll have to talk another day. I could go on. I, there's like so many ideas and I like, uh, they'll never do it. Because everyone's greedy, but it could be the perfect sport. It already is, but it could be perfect. <laughs> Literally amazing. No, I, I quite like the Premier League thing. I mean, the only problem is that sometimes you get when you get to the top, then you never leave. You know, and so once these big programs they get to the top, I mean, we would probably never see the likes of Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, never leave the top. And so I think that's just something where it's maybe that's why that's why I'm a big proponent of the 12 man uh, playoff, you know, and so you get 12 teams in there, you get every conference gets a buy in, you know, from the championship winner. And then you get some at at large, you know, bids in. I think that would be kind of the best. To your point about like no one leaves uh, the top. Sorry, I hear reverb. Um, Oh, no, we're good now. Um, yeah, to your to your point about no one leaving the top, it's like no one leaves the top because they they stuck. Like think about this: Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, the teams you you just named, they always will get to play in the current system. Missouri, Vanderbilt, four out of conference, and FCS, all of that. In this scenario, the best team from the year before is moving their way to the top. So the the competition is just is, is light years different. Like. Yeah. We would get to see we would get to see the best teams from the year before playing each other. So you you can't just like cakewalk to the playoff like Ohio State does sometimes, or like you can't yeah. just like mess around and make it. It's it would actually like I think it would have NFL level parity. Actually, that's my yeah. hot take. Every year, yeah, I think every year there would be a regular season game between Ohio State and Alabama, yes, and Michigan and Georgia. Like they would play in the regular season every single year. And if any of those programs fell off for one year of recruiting and all of a sudden couldn't hold, they get relegated. Yep. Which is wild. Which is just awesome. Like, yeah, that's so cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be that would be quite an interesting way to go about it. And I think that would be really fun. Uh, but then I, I would just hate to take away from some of the other schools, though, and getting their somewhat primetime games. You know, Wake Forest, Clemson. Uh, got a lot of views, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. Ohio State, Penn State gets a lot of views. But, and but those games, those games table. would still be watched, though. It's like we already just pretend like there's a conference hierarchy, 
and like we say like oh one's better than the other we're going to give them all the primetime games we, we do that already so it's like not much is changing except it becomes objective which yeah it's like there's an objective path to the top and that's all anyone wants that's all eastern michigan wants if eastern michigan tomorrow decides to win 12 games or and move up to the top tier they can that is impossible in the current system it is and yeah. since he had to win 24 games in a row just to crack a chance at the playoff where they had to play the one seed, which was Bama, a Bama team that was very good. And they lost. But, like, think about think about the what you could do. I don't know. It's like when you start a franchise in NCAA, you start San Jose State and you take them to the top. It's like imagine that in real life. It's impossible currently. Too, yeah. much, too much money. All right, Andrew, really appreciate that take. You know, love Syracuse, uh, love the ACC, but we'll see We'll see what goes on. All right, so to our final – actually, right before we hit the final, as always, please remember to check out our Twitter and Instagram for our NHL free bets. We're not going to waste time on the NHL in our main podcast, but please look at the Instagram and the Twitter uh, because we're only throwing heat uh, for those. So let's head on to the DGen parlay. Uh, so as everyone knows, uh, this is a parlay we do at the end of every episode. And we essentially take some a bit oddball uh, picks here. Uh, and then with the proceeds, whatever, if we do eventually hit one, uh, it will go to uh, St. Jude's Hospital uh, for our proceeds. So I'll just knock uh, start us off here. Uh, so I'm going to go Crystal Palace Moneyline against Nottingham Forest. Uh, that's going to be on... Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, I think that's just a, uh, a a solid pick. You know, we're taking a bit more of the favorite. Uh, even a draw is plus 210. Um, I think that's just kind of a, a fun one uh, to throw in the uh, the parlay. So, Andrew, what are the odds what are you for feeling? that? What, or, sorry, what were your money line odds for the Crystal Palace? Plus 135. So, a bit on the lower side than what we see in the DGen parlay. Uh, but I kind of want to have one that's a, a bit more on the secure side. Um, I'm going to definitely need to knock on wood for that. Uh, Andrew, what do you got, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just sticking with my uh, Philip Dorsett low. I think I tucked myself into Philip Dorsett touchdown in garbage time, plus 330 for him to score at any time TD. I'm thinking uh, we're going to be passing a lot, and we might not have the receivers to pass to. So Philip Dorsett plus 330. Adam? Yeah, I like <clears> – <throat> so I'm going to the Worldwide Technology Championship golf tournament in Mexico this weekend. Oh, that's awesome. I like awesome. a three chance to win either Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, or Emiliano Grillo. Tony Finau has been crazy hot. Colin Morikawa is extremely talented and hasn't won in longer than it should be for him. And then Emiliano Grillo has a fun name. So I'm going plus 550 for those three guys. I love it. Oh, wait. So is, is it – are they individually 550 or all together? No, so – if any of those three wins, then you win the bet. Oh, that's all right. I love that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Okay. Uh, so, and then the last leg of the parlay is Benito Lopez money line against Mario Bautista, um, which I'm quite suspect on, but that is Xavier's pick. Uh, I wouldn't pick against a guy named Bautista. Um, you know, Dave Bautista. Uh, you know, and that's UFC, right? Yeah, that is UFC. Correct. What are the names? Who are they? Who is it? Uh, Benito Lopez, we're taking the money line on him versus Mario Bautista. Huh. 
Is that crisp? They, no, I not, can hear you. I'm just thinking those are like there's like no, obscure. Those, those aren't name. those aren't like uh they're not like big name fighters. I mean This is the deep parlay. We're not we're not picking, you know, uh Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. These are I think I think that's the undercard, but yep. That uh, makes sense to me. I plugged it into our handy dandy parlay calculator. Um, it's five to win eleven hundred. So um, eleven hundred dollars coming your way, St. Jude, when this hits. So uh, everyone, take it with us and um, feel free to make your own donations when you hit the DGen because this is the week. I'm telling you now. Adam, Andrew, Xavier, thank you all so much for uh, being on this episode of Better Than Nothing. This was episode 12 of season one of the podcast. And we will be back next week with some more college football, college or uh, NFL, and then maybe some F1 as well after a very boring Mexico race. But thank you all so much. Have a great day. (laughs) 